Hey, select game fans. Rollerthelogbook.com here with a little bit of a note about the audio on this upcoming show. Obviously, there's a little bit of a problem because I wind up sounding a bit like a Dalek for just about the first half of it. I'm not exactly sure why I am recording this now on my webcam microphone rather than my Blue Yeti, so it it's just possible that the cross-country move was unkind enough to the Blue Yeti that it finally gave up the ghost. You have to keep in mind, this is a great big monster of a metal microphone that has, you know, taken at least one six-foot fall onto a concrete floor before, so it wouldn't entirely surprise me if it were to check out early on me. It's just kind of disappointing. I apologize for the audio quality, and I... Uh, you still get something out of the show. It may be more of a YouTube experience than a <laughs> an audio experience, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. Yes, I'm aware there's a problem. No, I'm not entirely sure where the problem is, but I am going to try to figure it out before I do another show. Thanks for listening, and thanks, as always, for your patience. The late 70s and early uh, 80s, the boom years of the video game industry. Thank you. And my game system was the Magnavox Odyssey 2. Yeah. Sleek, stylish, futuristic, and totally underappreciated. Oh, Let's change that. Do it, I'll dig through the Odyssey 2 library, introduce you to each game, offer a few of my own expanded memories of playing them both then and now, and we'll see if those games hold up today. Amazing. I'm Earl Green, and this is Select Game. <laughs> Welcome back to Select Game, the first edition of 2019. I'm Earl with It's good to be back.
curious, we're going to do an emulator episode, so to speak. We'll try to make a virtue of it and do something that I couldn't do without the emulator. Um, as a bonus, one of the games that I will be playing in this installment of Select Game will be Flashpoint. Now, I realize I just played that one a couple of shows ago when I did the, you know, the whole long story of the rise and fall of the Odyssey 3 and why it disappeared before it ever had a chance to make it to the store shelves in North America. I played Flashpoint in the last audio-only episode, which seems kind of tragic because it's a really neat game and perhaps uh, the only example we really have of what a purely Odyssey 3 game would have been. So I'm going to circle back and play Flashpoint in this installment again. So, for those of you who have been listening for a long time, this is going to seem an awful lot like, uh, you know, I've heard this before, I've heard you play these games before. And that's going to be correct in virtually every instance, because I have played the non-plus, non-plus, plus, I guess, versions of these games in the past. Only now you get to hear them in super slow, clunky emulation that doesn't quite get the sound right. So, yay. Got a little bit of viewer mail here. Uh, Jerry Lang asks, is there a list of which video pack cards do and do not work on the Odyssey 2? That's a really good question. I haven't found such a resource on the web, so maybe that's something that the UNI select game listeners need to kind of crowdsource and start building on the select game site at the logbook.com slash select game. This emerged from a conversation about whether a video pack Parker Brothers cards work on Odyssey 2 or not. And that question gets a weird answer because I can tell you personally from my own experience, my Euro copies of Hubert and Super Cobra work just fine on Odyssey 2. But I had to get Brazilian copies of Frogger and Popeye in order for them to be played on Odyssey 2. So, hit me up with your anecdotal evidence of what doesn't work on which version of the system. And I want to hear this from both sides because I'm sure there are Odyssey 2 cartridges that do not work on the video pack and vice versa. And, you know, I also want to hear this from the third side, which is the folks in Brazil, which games from North America and which games from Europe do not work on both systems. Because the Brazilian Odyssey system was running a, its own variant of PAL, it's called PAL-M. And the reason Brazilian cartridges are prized by American collectors is because PAL-M is close 
from June 1979 and you see here that you know we have take the money and run computer intro and orbiting math game now based on the game mechanics I think this almost certainly has to be I've got your number the orbiting math game does and uh, electronic battle charge I don't know about that one could that be uh, war of nerves perhaps that's interesting. Now, from the October 79 issue of Merchandising Magazine, another uh, another blurb on what Magnavox is doing. And by the way, these, I'll include the full clippings um, on the site, on the show site at thelogbook.com slash select game, because they do mention more than just what video game systems are upcoming. And there's a part of the June 79 clipping that's talking about this revolutionary idea of a video recorder with a timer that could record something for you even if you weren't there to press record. I'll never catch on. So from the October 79 issue of Merchandising Magazine, I've got your number now has its name, but we have I like this one, Whirlybird and Orbits. Now I'm thinking that almost certainly has to be out of this world and helicopter rescue and you know I hate to say it I almost like this collision of names better you know out of this world is so generic and helicopter rescue couldn't possibly be more generic so there you go the the game titles that almost were from the 1970s um, so very special thanks to Kevin for that strongly urge you to check out the video of his presentation on the unexplored avenues of development that might have used to market if RCA had canceled the Studio 2 console. This was uh, done at MAGFest and they have put it on YouTube. I will include a link to that on the show page at blogbook.com slash select game as well. Let's see, what else do we have? I am way overdue, like two shows is a new Odyssey 2 homebrew. This one is from 2600 Connection, who uh, also provided this video. 
The game is by Rafael Cardoso, and it's called Cold Case. Now, it um, looks kind of for those of us who uh, were also fans of a certain popular Atari game system out at around the same time as the Odyssey 2. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names, but uh, it's you know it's it's obviously an Odyssey 2 port of a game on that system. Yeah, the reason I'm not going to name names is because I have no wish to cause anyone any legal headaches. But it looks like a lot of fun. A little bit of Frogger, a little bit of Cubert, and a little bit of Igloo at the top there. So that's Cold Case. Uh, I will include a link to 2600 Connections ordering page for that on the Select Game Show page, and you can go get your very own copy of Cold Case. So, plus games. Well, before we get to plus games, uh, let me explain. <laughs> Go into a little bit more depth about why we're doing another emulator episode. We ordered a couple of RFD modulators online for what seemed like a really good price. There's a reason for that. It's because they were actually demodulators and they were incorrectly labeled. They had to be returned. I got the money refunded, and then I got on eBay and just got myself a damn. VCR with a dead tape mechanism that still packs a signal for something like 12 bucks shipped. Which, really, that's, I should have just done that in the first place because you know, that's the one thing that I know will work. Um, that's, that's what I get for trying to uh, you know, get really fancy. So, uh, I already have a video ingest gadget that depends on the incoming signal being baseband AV. RCA video, RCA stereo left and right, you know, drill. And so the VCR is the last piece of the bridge between using my original Odyssey 2 hardware and directly capturing that instead of firing out the emulator. The VCR has not yet arrived, though, hopefully soon. Uh, when it does, I'll probably be so excited I'll record the next episode on that very day, even if, you know, even if it lands tomorrow. Probably would have been released in the U. 
pickaxe paint. Because why not? <laughs> so I've got my, my emulated 7400 plus console here. Let's get ready for some pickaxe paint. Almost there. Amazing. And again, this is running on emulation, so there will be, you know, it'll be stuttery, it'll be slow, slow, and I really do apologize for that. I seriously contemplated sitting out doing the show until I had original hardware available, but I figured this is a good way to get something out there that we haven't really talked about before and something that it you know it really helps to be able to see if you're watching the video version and if you're not I'll still try to describe it for you um, you know if we're stuck with emulation let's make it count so you can always make a game of pickaxe peak count now what we see here is down the center of the screen there is a kind of a green pattern of wooden planks so I guess there's your your mine shaft uh, surrounding it on either sides to the edge of the screen is a a repeating sort of tiled pattern of rocks and boulders and stones and things so it really uh, you know whereas the the whole thing about the misty mountain mines before was something that existed entirely in the documentation for the game and you know on screen it might as well have been a monkey throwing barrels at you Oops. Um, this makes the setting a a tangible thing I, uh, whoa I thought I was gonna die there I, I like it down in the uh, bottom left hand corner of the screen there is a break in the uh, in the pattern of rocks, and there's a a skeleton wearing what looks like a sombrero. He's the player before you who didn't make it. I'm not going all the way down there for another pickaxe, guys. Sorry. And I'm jumping very slowly. Hey, key. I would like that key. Yes. All right. And I didn't die. Gotcha. I love that trick. So there are, are uh, there are openings in the mine shaft surrounding each door. It really integrates well with the original unenhanced graphics. I I really like this. Uh, on the one hand, the background pattern does kind of it draws the eye away from where the eye needs to be perhaps but it you know it really does set the you know the place the setting the mood for the you know I don't want to say the story because there there is no story it's, it's pickaxe P he's trying to uh, not die get up here to my safe spot 
I'm playing level number nine, which is open shafts down each side of the spring, which results in some really crazy physics once you advance levels through the game and it starts deleting one uh, one segment of the levels. Got some crazy physics going on down at the bottom of the screen where it's deleted the first piece already. Can I get some boulders over here? I mean, even if it's the classic 1973 album, Boulders by Roy Wood, it's a really good album. Um, so this is a, uh, and at the top of the screen, it, you know, there's kind of a uh, neat repeating pattern. You know, once you're above the rocks and things up there, you know, you have the outline of the mountains against the sky. It's, uh, it's pretty nice. The... Enhanced graphics chip that was used by the 4700 Plus and was going to be used by the Odyssey 3, which is basically the same hardware except for the NTSC video system, used a, a repeating tile system, which some of the programmers found a bit limiting and weren't that crazy about using, which I can totally get that, but it seems to have been made to work here. Now what I would be interested in knowing is if the implementation, you know, if the decisions about the background graphics and the implementation were these things that were done by the original programmers or did someone at Philips do this after the fact escape. Oh! <laughs> so, an interesting, an interesting new look for Pickaxe Peep there, to be sure. I, uh, I think that is certainly a, a successful enhancement, if you will. Now, the, uh, next game I'm going to play an enhanced version of is Cosmic Conflict, which is an old favorite of mine. And uh, you have seen the enhanced version of this before because it's in the opening credits every week. <laughs> it adds uh, some planets, some very colorful planets, to the background scene. Okay, we kind of go into bullet time every time I fire. Oh, here comes one of the uh, TIE Fighters that, for legal reasons, must not be called TIE Fighters. Bye. Also adds a control panel to the bottom of the screen where, you know, there was, there didn't need to be anything fancy down there. The original game just put your uh, number of enemy ships remaining and your amount of energy remaining, which is a uh, factors into how many shots you can still fire, how many hits you can take from the uh, from the Tie Fighters, which for legal reasons must not be referred to as Tie Fighters, which I keep blowing up, even though uh, they aren't Tie Fighters, but I blow them up like Tie Fighters because that's just how I roll. 
Jeez, there's an awful lot of them. But instead of just putting those uh, those number readouts in little rectangles, ooh, I, I was going to buy the farm or at least make a down payment there. It puts these in a uh, sort of a little control panel. set up at the bottom, which, you know, has some little colorful buttons that have absolutely no bearing on the game, but they, you know, they really do uh, enhance kind of the, the sci-fi setting of it all. And there are also some stars that are part of the background image, which kind of meet up with the, uh, well, whoa, a stealth ship. That's interesting. I don't recall seeing one of those before. Um, it kind of tricks your mind into thinking maybe there's a, you know, a sort of a parallax effect going on between the foreground and background stars. The background stars don't actually move at all. And so it's a, you know it's purely a, a trick of the mind, fooling the eye there. I have one ship left to blow up, and guess what, buddy? I think it's going to be you. Yes. All right. Our message from Star Command is not impeded by the background graphics. Message from Star Command. Congratulations. You are promoted to Commodore. Oh great, so I, I get a free coupon for a VIC-20 after winning this game, right? No? Okay. That's Cosmic Conflict, that's the plus version of it. Um, again, and a two for two here. That's a, a nice enhancement. Now let's <laughs> let's talk about the the next game in the lineup because it underwent not just a graphical change but a total change of title before it was released. This was released only as a plus game in Europe, and what we knew as uh, Attack of the Time Lord became. Terrahawks. It suddenly became licensed to this is you know, the last of the great Jerry Anderson Super Marionation show. Well, no, I don't, this wasn't Super Marionation, was it? Uh, we'll just keep watching the credits here because I think it's uh, Super Macromation or something. And Hudson Color. It's, uh... So, basically, Terrahawks was your, your very typical Jerry Anderson puppet show. It's very Space 1999-esque hardware. You have your cast of characters. You have the good guys, you have the bad guys, and never the twain shall meet except in battle. And of course, steroids, because you always have to have steroids. And Dr. Neinstein. Terra Hawks, I don't think this was, uh... Yeah, Super Macromation. There we go, there we go. And Hudson Heller. 
<laughs> what the heck is Hudson Card? <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, if if the graphic style of that show open looked familiar to you, it should because and I went and looked this up because it certainly made it certainly brought this to my mind and I went and looked it up on IMDb. The done by hand cell animation for the Terra Hawks open was done by Kevin John Davies, who also did the same function at Rod Lord Animation Studios for the BBC's 1981 TV adaptation of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I think the only, I think what people really remember about the TV version of that, the attempt to adapt that to TV, is these graphics. And so I, uh, yeah, looking at the Terrahawks open, I thought, huh, that looks very, that looks very hitchhiker -y. And I wasn't wrong. So there you go. The uh, <laughs> the Terra Hawks backstory. There, it's basically a Jerry Anderson space adventure series. It's really, in a lot of ways, plot-wise, you know, as if you care, as if this has any bearing on the game. Terrahawks um, reads a lot like UFO, except you know not being, not trying to be quite so gritty and grown up. So that you know now that you know what Terrahawks the game is, let's uh, or now you know what Terrahawks the show is, let's play Terrahawks the game. Get it loaded up here. Uh, nothing about the gameplay has changed, except I'm, you know, I'm guessing that we are now dealing with Zelda instead of Spires the Deathless. Zelda being the bad guy. No, oh, well, goodbye. Sorry, I was just going to play your game. Okay. Oh, he's still going to shoot at me, or she. What uh, Terrahawks brings to the table in terms of graphic enhancement for Attack of the Time Lords is it has the Earth in as the backdrop kind of at the ground level. So you're defending the Earth. But <laughs> curiously, <laughs> I really wonder where or how and why this decision was made. It has a it has the moon in the background behind the Earth. But it's it's like a picture of the moon with one of these old-timey man-in-the-moon faces on it. Which has, you know, has no bearing on Terra Hawks the show. It's just somebody thought this was, you know, a good thing to, to put in the background graphics for the game. Now, there is some green on the Earth, and the, can the player's cannon is a lighter shade of green. And again, I really apologize for the stuttery, slow emulation. So there there might be some potential for visual confusion. And there's also these, um, these asterisk-like things floating in space. There's two of them. They're both red. That if this was the first time you would play this, you might be wondering, okay, are those things that are going to fire at me? And 
No, they're just part of the background scenery. Oh, this is going painfully slowly. And now we're, for those of you who know uh, Attack of the Time Lord, we're on the second stage now and getting into the the artillery that follows you around a little bit. Homes in on you, hits the ground, and explodes. If I make it to the next screen, I will be getting to the the incoming fire that actually rolls across the ground trying to catch you, which I have to tell you is like one of my least favorite <laughs> enemy tricks in the entire realm of home video games. Okay, here we go. I'm trying to defend my world, but at the same time I'm staring at the moon in the background and wondering, what the heck, dude? have a face. So, here we go, Terrahawks for the 7400 plus. And don't worry, I'm still gonna, I'm going to play this out to the bitter end. Here, got your Hunter Seeker thing. Uh, Boy, almost got taken out by the one right behind it. Oh, what I would not give for this to be moving full speed. This is just painful. <laughs> So of the of the plus games played so far, I'd have to say this one is uh, you know, it, the enhanced the graphics enhancements don't detract from the game really, but they kind of take me right out of it. You know, like I'm sitting here looking at the moon the whole time and going, okay, what, why? <laughs> Despite the slowdown in the gameplay, I'm not playing a bad game of this. It's just that the moon is staring at me and making me self-conscious. going to the next level. Now we're playing with power. Okay. All of you uh, salad plates come out of the space-time vortex there so I can begin shooting at you.
Oh yeah, the diamond-shaped ones. I hate those things. I'm obsessing over taking out the incoming fire, and I'm just going to have to get out of the way. I think next time I play emulation, I'm going to pre-record it. And I'm going to play it back fast. Now the the game sound and me will sound like we're uh, in the chipmunks, but the game might actually look somewhat normal. Wow, I'm actually I actually made it to stage five. This just makes me want to play the unenhanced game at full speed. So, it's, uh, if this is the least successful of the enhanced games, it's really just because of some weird choices with the background graphics. I'm looking at you, Mr. Moon. Apologies to anyone actually named Mr. Moon who might be listening. Because I can actually think of one. Don't. Don't. Oh. I think you just did. Okay. So, really, the... The Terrahawks thing, really the, the biggest mystery for me is if you had a game that was already called Attack of the Time Lord, why not just um, license, I don't know, Doctor Who? And there is actually, I went and did a little bit of research on uh, dates that things came out, and there is probably a very good reason that Attack of the Time Lord did not become the official first Doctor Who video game because on the BBC Micro in the UK, on the BBC's uh, home computer system, they already had a the first Doctor Who video game in the world, the first official one, out in 1983 called Doctor Who The First Adventure. And I, uh, I don't know if they thought that Doctor Who was you know, too broad and deep for the small screen, as the uh, the novels released in the 90s used to say on the back cover blurbs. But I can see where the BBC would want to uh, make sure that you are buying a BBC computer and BBC software to play a game based on arguably the BBC's biggest brand. Um, you know, I certainly... You know, I I say that, and yet they. Uh, what was the show that was? <laughs> it was also around eighty five or eighty six, at the same time that was beating Doctor Who and Remus was like Basil the Rat or something. There was a Commodore sixty four game based on that, so you know it's not as if the BBC didn't uh, didn't spread its licenses around, but. If you wanted to play the first Doctor Who video game, you're going to have to play it on the BBC Micro and not on the video pack. 
which is sad because I think it it's much easier to retrofit Attack of the Time Lord into Doctor Who mythology than to <laughs> suddenly say, oh, you know, it's a Terra Hawks game. Fooled you, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's... Attack of the Time Lord has as much to do with Terra Hawks as P.T. Barnum's Acrobats has to do with Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yeah, there is no connection, they just they just licensed the name. I like yeah, I like this. It's uh you know, the doctor has 14 regenerations in this game. These guys knew the future. You don't tell me that they didn't. So, all right. <clears throat> One last game to play. And it's not really it's not so much an enhanced game as a a game that lived entirely within the enhanced graphics set of the Odyssey 3. This was Rex Battenberg's Flashpoint. Um, this would have been a two-joystick game, probably would have... Now, I believe the Odyssey 3 system design had joystick holders toward the back of the console, and so you might have been able to do it there and have that hold the joystick steady. This is one case where I'm glad for emulation. So, obviously, this is nothing like uh, nothing like an Odyssey 2 game. And the graphics are obviously, even if they're still primitive by modern standards, uh, they, have a, they are operating on a much finer grain. So it's a bit like Robotron. You're, you're trying to take stuff out with, uh, with one joystick to control your firing direction, the other to control your movement. And you're trying to defend the green area in the middle. You get you get a bonus for every tile of the green space in the middle at the end of the round. Um, yeah, a typical game for the American market. You're not trying to defend people, but by God, these zombies are doing a number on our property values, and something's got to give. <sighs> takes its sweet time tabulating the bonus for the preserved tiles of the game. Which is okay, it lets you kind of rest your rest your wrists in between rounds. Alright, so oh wow, that's pretty much that whole corner of the screen. Enter Flashpoint to protect the city. Only one can rule the night, and it's probably not me. Ah, I'm doing this wrong. I'm losing a lot of bonus space. Oh, this is going badly. Too much talking, not enough playing. But, here's the thing. Oh, did you see that? You have multiple lives in this game. It's definitely not an Odyssey 2 game. <laughs> Odyssey 2 games are like real life. You get one chance, you screw it up, you're done. So I have two of these vehicles left. Looks kind of like Kit from Knight Rider. With the, you know, sort of the Cylon red eye going back and forth. I didn't do badly, but boy, I, I could have handled that level a lot better.
zombies are unforgiving. And so I'm going to go find more of them and kill them. I would love to uh, have one of the real Odyssey 3 prototype consoles and play this with the actual intended controls instead of, you know, the, the numpad and the arrow cluster on my PC. Still, it, it's funny. This is undoubtedly a, a more evolved processor than the 8048. And yet it seems that my computer is having less of a hard time running it, because this is closer to the real speed that I would expect this game to be cranking away at. Alright. Let's go get some more zombies. And shoot at them. The less of them there are, the faster they move. Typical. It's just my luck. The fewer of them, I mean. Oh, I've gotten some bonus, uh, some bonus vehicles. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I seem to remember that this happened when I was playing it uh, in one of last year's shows where we were talking Odyssey Three, where there was a, a red flash or something that I didn't know what bearing it had on the game. It turned out that was me receiving an extra life when my score climbed beyond a certain threshold. And I just didn't know how to handle that because Odyssey 2 games don't give you extra lives. Ever. Oh wait, they're back over there in that corner. The zombie scourge is spreading. I like that you can park between. Ah! Okay. At this point, I've left my <laughs> the safe square in the middle. Okay, I'm not even worried about the bonus this round. I'm just trying to not die. And I'm failing. Oh, hey, y'all remember me? I'm over here now. Eat white hot electric death. Thank you. 
Okay, almost up to 50,000 points. The uh, bonus tabulation is not going to be kind to me here because <laughs> I am. But I still got an extra vehicle, it looks like. Um, yeah, I abandoned defending the home square. <laughs> Never mind the green stuff. I am just trying to get out of here. Pesky zombies. Yeah, come get it. Come get it. Pretty, but it works. <laughs> now, how great would it have been if the little thing going through and tabulating your squares? What if it had been Casey Munchkin? Why do I have to think about these things afterward? like the Odyssey 2 cinematic universe. Oh, I have a feeling I'm going to die a bunch here. A lot. Very soon. Oh, they've almost got me cornered. You can fire diagonals, and I had been forgetting that to my detriment. I'll just come march to your death. Bye. Anyway. Flashpoint. <laughs> I, I think that's a, a good taster of the game without carrying on endlessly because we are now well past the 45-minute mark. That's, uh, that's always entertaining. So there you go, the uh, the Odyssey 2 games that were enhanced into Odyssey 3 or G7400 Plus games video, video pack plus console. That's right. Um, we may circle back and do some more of these at a later date. And also there's kind of a cottage industry among the, uh, the homebrew programmers of going back and enhancing original video pack and Odyssey 2 games that did not receive the enhanced treatment from Philips. I know there's a fan-made enhancement for Casey Munchkin and uh, probably a bunch of other games too. So it's um, just an interesting thing that we never got to see in the North American market. Would it have been enough to save the Odyssey brand and keep it around long enough to 
get into things like the canceled, you know, Odyssey 4 console that never made it past the planning stages. That I can't tell you, but it's just an interesting side note in history, you know, kind of seeing how these things played out in Europe, but not in the States. We'll be back with more select game, hopefully as soon as next month, hopefully on the real machine, because I've got shows outlined that depend on me being able to use the original hardware, including a whole episode of the one third-party controller that was ever made for the Odyssey 2. But we'll talk about that later.